This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. We've got to move, all right? So go with me to the book of Hebrews, chapter 6. Hebrews, chapter 6. And so we're still on faith, talking about faith, and we use a different one every week in the Faith Hall of Fame. We've been going through there. We're getting past, uh, we're well past halfway. Again, I encourage you to get into that area in Hebrews 11 and read that. But we start in the book of Hebrews, chapter 6, verse 11. And we desire that each one of you, every one of us in here, show the same diligence, the intensity, to the full assurance of hope until the end. Now, he says here, in order that you may not grow disinterested, you got to to show the same diligence. You got to stick with it till the end. Keep on, keep on, keep on going. And he he fills us with some stuff here in verse 12 that's very helpful. That you do not become sluggish. That you do not become lazy spiritually. That you do not become dull. Now, when I looked at this at different translations, it says that you do not become sluggish, but imitate those through faith and patience. They inherit the promises. So if you look at it, he said faith and patience. Those go hand in hand. The Amplified says by practice of patient endurance and waiting are now in inheriting the promises or what's been promised. And so you begin to find this out in the area of patience. That that patience usually is very difficult. It's a companion of wisdom. I like to say it this way, that the, the hardest part of faith is the last half hour, that I just live with this patience. And so he said, through faith and patience, you inherit. And so he's telling us, don't ever give up, okay? Don't, don't become sluggish. Don't become lethargic. And it's interesting right here. That he tells us specifically, imitate those who through faith and patience, they inherited the promises. And so the way we imitate, we go back and we look at these people that are in the Bible. And when I begin to look at the one tonight, I don't know that there's more of a definition or a better example on a person to imitate than this one. And so we go to the book of Hebrews chapter 11. And we'll begin in verse 11. Just a couple pages there to your right. So it says, by faith, because of faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed. Because of faith. And she bore a child when when she was past the age. And so when we study this woman named Sarah, Sarah was the first of two women that was uh, talked about in the Faith Hall of Fame. And so when you begin to see this, it says specifically that Sarah had faith also to conceive seed even though she was old. How old was she? Well, the Bible tells us she was 90 years old. That's old. 
especially to be having a baby. That's crazy old. <laughs> when I read this, I look and think, oh my gosh. Now, this had been a promise that had been promised to her for years and years and years of her life. Now, you're talking about patience. And so when you see this right here, does it seem like there's areas of in your life right now that are on hold? Some of you have said, man, Father God, do you not see this? I believe probably every one of us in this room, we're in it right now, or we've been in it before where we said, man, Father God, it seems like I'm on hold right now. Well, think about this, 90 years. And so i got to give you a little bit of a time frame what happens that Abraham and Sarah were promised children way, way, way back. But it didn't happen on their timetable. So human nature, just like me and you would do, we try to help God out. How many have ever tried to help God out? God, you need our help. And so she tries to speed the process up. And she has this brilliant idea. I have a maidservant named Hagar. So you know what? I'll let my husband go in there and be with Hagar. Brilliant, huh? No. And so she has a son, this woman who's the maidservant named Hagar, whose name was Ishmael. Now, when this comes back around here and the Lord says, Sarah, you're going to have a baby at 90. Ishmael is now 14 years old. So this 14 years have, have elapsed. But still, something happened within her called faith that stirred up within her. And so it goes on to say, she bore a child when she was the, past the age. Now, this is the key phrase to Sarah's faith. Because she judged him which was Father God, she judged God faithful who had promised. So because she judged him faithful, this literally says that she looked to God and said, what God said, it's true. I believe what you said, Father God, even at the age of 90. And so when we look at this right here, this is why she's in the Faith Hall of Fame. This is why uh, Hebrews 6.12 comes alive. Through faith and patience. 90 years. I mean, the society we live in, man, we get anxious when we hit a button and stuff doesn't ding. How many of you get upset at drive through windows? How many of you get upset at the ATM? How many of you get upset when the Keurig doesn't put your coffee out in a minute or less? But I look at this and I think, 90 years. And so we start back and look at verse 12. And it says, therefore, from one man Abraham, and as him as good as dead. He was good as dead physically. Were born as many as the stars of the sky, multitude innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. He was 100 years old when this took place. They're not young. Neither one of them. But they judged God faithful who promised. So what this literally says, what God promised, it settled in her heart. 
it took up residence in her heart. And she said, God said it and it's going to happen. So we imitate those who through faith and patience inherit. Now we got to go back into the Old Testament. Go to Genesis 17. And I want you to see specifically the promise here that God made to him. Man, you'll begin to see why this woman and this man are in the Faith Hall of Fame. We'll begin in Genesis 17, verse number 5, once you get there. Not 5, verse 15. Genesis 17, 15. Then God said to Abraham, As for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. Now, when God starts changing people's name, it changes their destiny. It changes their character. And so what literally happens here is he changes her name to Sarah. Some translations say she became the mother of many nations. The Greek says she became the princess of all mankind. Now think about this. God made this promise right here, and he said, Sarah shall be her name. So the reason he changed her name, he wanted her to begin to see herself the way he saw her. And so every time someone would say Sarah, it would be like she was hearing them say, there's the father of many nations. And so again, in the natural, this woman had never had a child. But yet, God promised, and we got to go back to what we read there in the Hall of Fame there in Hebrews 11. She judged God faithful who promised. And so she, he, he says this to Abraham. Now watch the blessing here that continues, verse 16. And I will bless her and also give you a son by her. Now this was the promise. Then I will bless her and she shall be a mother of many nations. Listen to this. Kings of people shall come from her or they will rise up from her. Now, when you begin to look at that, I mean, there's all kinds of women that came right through the bloodline. Moses' mother, Jochebed, was, was from her. Moses' sister, Miriam, came. I mean, it just goes down the list. And so, when he makes this promise, can you imagine what's going on, on the inside of Abraham? He's looking at God like, wait a minute, God? She didn't have any children. And so when you look at this here, let God's word, which he designated, which is his will and his promise for your life, become fixed in your mind and let it govern your speech. Fix it in your mind. Meditate on your mind and let it govern your speech. When I read this about her, one of the Greek areas said this. Never say about yourself anything than less than God says about you. Woo! Don't start saying I'm stupid. Don't start. Say what God says about you. And so I believe through this right here that she had to get a hold of this. And I believe she started telling people, this is what God said about me. Now when you do that, People are going to look at you crazy. And they're going to say, man, they've been smoking some good dope, believing that stuff. 
Maybe we should have put it that way. But Keep reading. Verse 17. Then Abraham fell on his face and he laughed. Now when I read that, there's two sides to this. The new living said he laughed in disbelief. One of the other translations said he laughed because he was jubilant. It was sheer joy. But the more I read into this, I I tend to look at what it says in the New Living, that he laughed in disbelief. Because watch what he says in here. He fell on his face and laughed, and he said in his heart, he thought in his heart, shall a child be born to a man who is 100 years old, and shall Sarah, who is 99 years old, bear a child? So you know what he's saying? Hey, God, we're older than dirt. People this age don't have children in the natural. But let me tell you this tonight. God doesn't obey the natural. You know why? He created the natural. He's the one who put everything into operation. So when God says at 90 and 100, you're going to have a kid... Man, I'll tell you, when I get a hold of that stuff, something begins to happen. And so evidently, they came together. They became joint in the covenant. I keep reading here. Verse 18. And Abraham said to God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before you. Now, what he goes on to say right there, when God tells him this, he says, it's Ishmael. So when he, God told him that he, Sarah was going to have the, and he laughed within himself in disbelief, now you begin to see where he says, Ishmael. But watch God's response. Then God said, no, Sarah, your wife, shall bear you a son, and you shall call his name Isaac. You know what God says right there? He says, listen, buddy boy, your wife, Sarah, is going to have a wife. I mean, a baby. Thank God she's not going to have a wife. And so he specifically tells him, Isaac. Keep reading here with me. I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant And with his descendants after him. Verse 20. As for Ishmael, I have heard you. Behold, I have blessed him and will make him fruitful. And he will multiply him exceedingly. He shall beget twelve princes and I will make him a great nation. If you want to study Ishmael, that's the Arabs of this day. That's who they're from, this guy. Verse 21. But my covenant I will establish with Isaac, whom Sarah shall bear to you at this set time next year. And so what begins to happen here, he's telling Abraham and Sarah, he said, listen guys, you got to look past the moment. You can't look at everything in the natural. You're going to have to begin to trust me and believe me. Now the great part of this story, we know the end, end, end part of it. We know what happens. But at 190, they judged him faithful. 
They said, if this is what God promised, so when I look at Sarah's life, the key to Sarah believing becomes her confession. She began to say this right here, because God promised it, that's how it's going to be. So she literally began to get her mouth into agreement with what God promised. Why is that so significant? Well, you go back and you think this, and I'm going to quote this just for time's sake. In Romans 10, 9 and 10, it says then when you get born again, you'll believe with your heart and you'll confess with your mouth. Something happens when I begin to confess with my mouth what the Word of God says. So the more I begin to confess the Word of God within me, the more it begins to take root in me. And when that Word begins to take root in me, there's going to be a harvest for what He promised. When? When? Through faith, believing and speaking the Word of God, and patience. Now go with me to the book of uh, Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12. And I believe this is really going to help you tonight. This is an area of my life and... um, Right now, I, I, really, I really have the Lord working in my heart. And he's, he said this to me several times in the last few weeks. Be careful what you say. Be careful out of your little mouth, okay? In other words, think before you speak. Why is that so significant? Well, as you're turning there to, to Matthew 12... Proverbs 18.21 says, death and life are in the power of your tongue. I love what the message says. The message says it this way. Let me find where I wrote this down. Oh, where's that at? Your words will kill or give life. They will either be poison or fruit. You choose. You choose. So our words are literally like seed. All day long, you're planting seed with the word of your mouth. Now think about this. The words that you're planting or those seeds you're planting with your words, they're going to produce a harvest someday. Watch what the Lord Jesus says, the significance of your words here in Matthew 12. Begin in verse 33. Either make the tree good, And its fruit will be good or else make the tree bad and its fruit will be bad. For a tree is known or is identified by its fruit. So a good tree is going to produce good fruit. A bad tree is going to produce bad fruit. Verse 34. Brood of vipers. How can you being evil speak good things? So literally his analogy here is... If, if you're a bad, or you, you speak bad things, it's a result of bad, uh, bad things in your heart. Because he goes on to say here at the end of verse 34, watch this. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Better stated, out of the abundance of my heart, my mouth speaks. Now, the only one that's responsible for what gets into my heart is me. And so I choose what I put in my heart. And what I put in my heart, now listen real good to this. What you're putting in your heart, what you're feeding your spirit, man, will be revealed by the words of your mouth. Out of the abundance of my heart, 
my mouth's going to speak. So I believe when he said that to Sarah, she began to speak. Ooh, I'm the mother of many nations. I'm going to conceive a son. You know why I'm saying that? Because God said that. God made that promise to me. Keep reading. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth good things. Now look how it all defines. The way a good man was defined was the good treasures that come out of his heart. But he ends this and he says, And an evil man out of the evil treasure forth brings forth evil things. So good things come from, a, uh, from where? From my heart. Evil then comes from my heart. And those things that are in my heart will be revealed from my mouth. Now again, I can be dominated by what I think, what I feel, what I see, or I can allow the Word of God. Now think about what I just said. I can be dominated by what I think, what I feel, or what I see. Go back and look at this woman named Sarah. Everything in the natural says 90-year-old women, they don't have babies. But God, God's promise, it overrode it. And she judged him faithfully, and it was like, God said it. So I'm going to let her recite on the inside of me. Not only did she get pregnant in the natural, I think she got pregnant in the spirit realm with, with the word of God. And it started coming out of her mouth. Now keep reading here. Verse 36, this is the Lord Jesus. But I say to you, me and you, but I say to you, for every idle word that men may speak, they will give an account in it in the day of judgment. Now for that word, idle word, it means non-working and non-effective. And he said, for every idle word or non-working a word that you speak, you're going to give an account of it. You know what that tells me? Every little word is that powerful. That I believe the Lord's saying there's going to come a day and he's going to look at us and say, you knew the word, you had the word, but you chose to speak what you were feeling, what you were seeing, instead of the word of God. Now you begin to see why I said what I did about myself. The Lord's saying, be careful. Be careful, little mouth, what you say. Be careful. Verse 37. For by your words, you will either be justified, or by your words, you will be condemned. You will be acquitted, or you'll be condemned. Now, pay close attention to what he just said. By your words. It didn't say your mama's words, it said by your words. It didn't say by Uncle Buck's words, it said by your words. So think about it in this sense. All day long, the words that are flying in my mouth are either acquitting me or they're condemning me. And so now you see again, and the Lord is telling me, there's times that I want to speak and the Lord, it's almost like, quit, 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 quit. I, I've had some issues, and I'm going to be real careful with how I say this because I'll sense the Lord... I've had some issues physically. 
and there's times that stuff will happen and I want to respond this way. And the Lord will say, huh, huh. What are you believing for? Well, I'm believing to be healed, Lord. Well, then keep your mouth in line with that. There's areas in my life where, where situations are arising, and I'm telling you, there's times anxieties want to jump within me, and I want to start spouting. It's not working. It's, and the Lord says, huh? Be careful, little mouth, what you say. I'm, I'm going to end with this. Let me think where this is. Just a couple pages. You, you don't have to go. This is Matthew 18, verse 19. Listen to this. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them and by my Father in heaven. If two on you of earth will agree, I believe that's what happened with Adam, not Adam, with Abraham and Sarah. I believe they got into agreement with what God said. So here's, here's the thing off of that first. How do you get into agreement? Well, they didn't just sit there and stare at each other. They had to say, honey, I believe this. Let's get into agreement. And we get into agreement with, with our words. But I believe they looked and said, did not God promise this? Did not God say this? And so again, I can choose to believe this. I can choose to live it. But if I don't choose to do it, then I'm not imitating what he said to imitate there in, in Hebrews 6. So something happens to me when I begin to look at these men and women in the faith hall of fame and say, man, Lord, help me with my faith like these fellas. Man, Lord, get me over there. Well, again, I choose that. I choose what goes into my heart. So again, feed your faith and starve your doubts. I got to get in the word. It's got to be a, a thing in my life. That's, man, Lord, I got to get in the word. I got to get in the word. I got to get in the word. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.